Hey, welcome to the Peace Coast Podcast. This is Mars Jupiter here, broadcasting live from the back room of Out of the Blue 2 Art Gallery and more here in Cambridge, 541 Mass Ave. There's a very interesting show here at the gallery today. Uh, it was a tour, actually, I'm, I'm realizing now, for Nudie Suits and the Creepers from the Baltimore area. And I'm here now with Nudie Suits, who blessed us here at the gallery in a uh, sort of early evening show. And uh, how's it going? We have Ruby. I'm just meeting these people, by the way. Right? Ruby. Ruby. Uh-huh. Hello. Thanks for having us. And I'm Allie. Nice. Allie and Ruby. Yeah, you guys should probably pass the mic. So, yeah, we're still early in the game, but um, we have distribution, and you guys can tell your friends uh, that you kind of gave us a a little insight today, hopefully. Um, So tell me, how has the tour gone so far? Well, we're still pretty early in the tour. This is our third of how many? 17 or 20 shows? We're gone for three weeks on the road. Uh, So far, it's been really an amazing tour. We've been blessed to play with so many great acts uh seen a lot of great friends um including tonight we got to play with our friend alec over here which i'm sure you'll talk to soon mm-hmm. um and what yeah. cities were you guys uh at before this uh well we started with a kickoff show in baltimore nice uh at my house the fifth dimension in the h building and then we went to philly we played a house show in Philly, and then we played last night in Brooklyn at Le Wallet. Ooh. Le Wallet. Le Wallet. <laughs> I think it's Le Wallet. Le Wallet. That's Le what Wallet. I mean. Nice. I think, yeah, it's one of those French words that's just appropriated, and you say it in, as an English word. Wallet. Oh, cool. <laughs> nice. I don't know. They're not French. <laughs> how did you guys like who organized the tour how do you guys find out about how show spaces or like alternative spaces or whatever wherever you play how do you guys decide where to play on tour oh man well i wish i could take more credit for being an organized person and and a booker of of shows but really my wonderful bandmate ruby uh and the creepers bandmate adam they are on top of these things ruby and i uh, I guess it was like two months ago. We've just put out an album called Summer Fun, and with that album, we decided we wanted to go on a tour. So we took a big atlas out and put X's on it and decided that's where, and you just kind of use your resources. I'm speaking for you. You know better. Um, well, I, have a, um, I live in a show space, uh-huh. so that helps a lot because I have people coming through town uh, who are we playing with who we've played shows with? Maybe not in 5D, but Amanda in Omaha yeah, came um, through town. Adam in, in Detroit from Jamaican Queens. Yeah, uh, and some old friends for yeah. me just from the new music kind of world. Right. Um, I'm a composer in my other life, and I've been all through school and to a bunch of different festivals and hangs where I always meet more people, more musicians. All o- I have a look at kind of like a little family all over the That's place. That's awesome. You know, so we're seeing a bunch of those guys. That's part of it. We're playing a bunch of cool shows with that Adam knows from the Creepers and from Wham City cuz those guys have been doing their their thing They've for been quite a while. For 8 years probably together there. Mm-hmm. Which is great. I mean, and they're hilarious, so they make lots of new friends everywhere they go. 
Nice. Yeah, they are hilarious. It's fun. I mean, this is a new music world for me, I got to say. Like, new music. Is that the uh, genre name that you're using or connecting with people on? Or is that, like, the guiding principle behind your I mean, uh, for when I think of new music, I think of concert music. So that's not exactly what... Uh, when by concert music, I mean it's in a hall or in a place where people come in and sit down and listen quietly. Um, but that's just kind of like my background um, and what I also do. And then this is, I guess, like an extension of that, um, which is different. Um, there's, I think, good things and bad things about both of those environments. The music itself is really not all that different. It's just kind of like how people take it in, I would say. Cool. Yeah, I would say that like our music generally is like demented pop songs, which are like really inspired by... Uh, the improvisational vocal tracks of like Laurie Anderson and Meredith Monk, um, uh, but at its essence, all of our songs are 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 pop songs that are just placed in between lots of strange sounds. That's cool. I actually have a Laurie Anderson cassette in here somewhere. Oh, we have a cassette for you. Really? Yeah. Sweet. I actually have a vinyl and cassette library in Harvard Square. Um, that's the B-52s. Um, but also yeah, I also used to own... influences. I have... Uh, oh, really? Check that out. If you want to do They're this. showing me the beautifully designed Summer Fun cassette right now. And it has some sort of uh, submarine spaceman. I, I, it's more of like a, a deep sea diver from maybe the past century and i like it because it's sort of a cosmic background and uh, my band does uh we have the one song that i rap on on our albums called l moon it's sort of about exploring underwater and like learning how to breathe underwater and going back to atlantis type of thing um which is interesting because you know we're mapping space but we haven't fully mapped the ocean floor and uh there's this new apparatus for letting humans breathe like fish with gills it's a new invention so this interview is is going into the deep beyond can i also now. say the tops of trees are also not completely mapped ah the really tall trees that is quite an interesting point there's whole environments up there that yeah, with new species new, new biomes it's pretty amazing that's really cool. Except, Allie, we can't hear you. You got to talk into the mic. New biomes. Yes, biomes. <laughs> I didn't want you guys to uh, miss that. I actually interviewed a, let's, a quick rabbit hole at a place called Open Biome where they collect human feces for fecal transplant uh, therapies. And I guess my, uh, my shit's not the shit. So they didn't take me. They didn't pay me to come shit. Anyway, um, I'm really sorry to hear about that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's uh, you know, my career as a podcaster has nothing to do and with my my career yeah. as a pooper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this podcast certainly is the shit, and you guys are the shit. And I really like, uh, you know, there's a lot of rock shows here, and I'm kind of more of like a hip hop guy, and I, you know, I have a band that's kind of rocky, but you know. I'm more into like samplers and synths like you guys have and playing with my friends Volca series stuff. I know you guys use Volca series. I'm a big Korg fan too. I had a Korg X5 for many years, which is my only synth. So um, can you guys talk about your brand loyalty to Korg? Why do you oh. like Korg so much? <laughs> well, we love Korg so much because, well, 
embarrassing. We had, like this is my first real band. Um, I, before this, I did a lot of like Renaissance music and Ruby. And I, like, we've always been essentially acoustic musicians. Uh-huh. I, me with my voice and Ruby with her violin. Um, and we just love the sounds of Korg synthesizers. They're really, really, like, even though all of our synths are from 2014 or up, they have, like, a really, really great vintage sound on them. But they mm-hmm. also, like... I just think that like there's not a synth that I've I've touched that every sound is satisfying to me in some way, uh, and mm-hmm. those Volcas are also a godsend because they provide like such ease of access t- and you can like instantly start really like um, just exploring your musical sense like immediately you can start having fun with them, and so we just were really inspired by that. Um, and that's where we went. And I guess I have one other piece. My big piece of equipment is the TC Helicon Voice Live Touch right. 2, which is my vocal processor. And that is awesome. Do you want to speak more on your gear? Yeah, well, or just about Korg. Yeah. Well, Korg I, before great, we move on yeah. from Allie, Allie, I was admiring your Korg before the oh, show. Yeah. And it's... You know, the micro Korg is very popular. It's been, like, you know, dominating in the small synth world for many years. But you have the micro Korg XL, which is, like, came out after. But you're, the case of yours is, like, unique. It's really cool. What did you call it? Taupe? Yeah. It's <laughs> a, it's the special edition of, of that, um, the micro Korg XL, which usually comes in black, which is, like, a really, really great case setting in general. That piece of equipment looks beautiful to right. me it looks like it's of the 70s but it's very much not. i love white like yeah. synths and stuff i think so it looks really sleek and yeah. i think that the reason i i played with a bunch of micro synthesizers before i made a mm-hmm. choice because we wanted to have like compact gear uh and ultimately decided on that one just because i think that like it gives you more like the space sounds are are very much there. It's nice. way less dubstep, way more right space ocean sounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Definitely. a great great piece of equipment. Highly recommend it. Nice. I do remember. I think maybe playing with it at Guitar Center and getting some sort of dubstep wobble. We'll get into the low frequency oscillators a little bit later with Alec. Uh, but uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> sure. I cut you off, Ruby. Talk about your gear, please. Tell tell them kind of how you get down on stage. So you you have the Volca series, yeah, and mostly the violin um, mm-hmm. going through a looper. But I just want to say about Korg, they're great, but we're it's really not on purpose. Right, they're just. You guys aren't I actually sponsored. put out uh, asked a bunch of friends, what's what's your what do you recommend for a drum machine? And everybody had an opinion. Lots of people recommended the Volca. And then we went and played around with them, speaking of Guitar Center. At Guitar Center, my buddy was working there, and she gave us a, her special discount, uh, you know, and ended up getting the, there's a nice piece of white yeah. keyboard. So you got a special discount, and it just... Yeah, and we just liked them, so the you know universe. what I mean, but it's not, yeah. <laughs> and then I have a, a whammy, Digitech whammy pedal and a, and a Jam Man looper, which are just kind of... Do their thing, not nice. Korg. Have you ever played with an Omni chord? Oh my goodness, nope. those are so cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <clears throat> Let's see if we can plug it up. So we're now just playing 
this is a moment in podcast history. You know, it's it's we're moving beyond just talking, and now we're playing. I'm gonna put my mic to the omnicord. suits on Omnicord, Ohm 27, and Casio Tone MT45. podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> you didn't have to but oh, you I know had to do it we were talking about white plastic and i just happened to have these things here these are not so you're giving them to us right yeah can we take them yeah no <laughs> 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 but uh for now you know have fun so but you know play i mean how does that work into your musical ritual are you guys improvising a lot on stage? Th that's such a good question. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like play is really important uh, for us all along the way. But yeah, we improvise, what do you think? 30%? Yeah, I, I would say like, like I said, that our, our song sets are there and then a lot of the... Um, the structures are all there, and like the violin playing, the voice are all improvised. Um, uh, aside from there are set lyrics, and then there's in the in betweens, and then I think a, a huge part of our band is what happens in between songs. We're really into connecting our set and to try and make it like a beautiful flowing thing, right. uh, and that's all improvised. Um, nice. Yeah. Cool. So. Mm -hmm. Plug for my band, The Seventh House, we do the same thing. You know? Yeah. Awesome. So it's a good way to. Between songs. Cause yeah. Nice. Cool. Plug for my I feel like it's a good band. way to have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. Because you can plan stuff that you know you're committed to, but also have that freedom to go with what's happening that night or in that space or in your exactly. mood at the time or whatever it might be. 
Yeah, definitely. I've had difficulty. Like when my band started, we were trying to work with dancers, and like sometimes they'd be like, "Well, what's the structure?" Are you? I'm like, "Uh, well, it'll depend on what the crowd wants if they want us to keep going." But um, but yeah, they want to do counts though, right? They want numbers. Yeah, exactly. Like how many measures? Well, first of all, what's a measure? No, but um, <laughs> no, but you guys have like a a little bit of an education in music. I'm hearing, and how much of that like plays into you know the freedom you have to play with each other? Would you say? Um, in terms of our musical education, I mean, I think that um, it has everything to do with it. I think that the fact that we speak the same musical language, more or less, right. uh, is one of the reasons that we are attracted to each other as bandmates. Um, I think that the fact that we are like really have this mutual love of like classical new music, uh, really lets us kind of build our own soundscapes around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of like, what's happening with the structure of a song. Like I said, like that's all pretty much set in stone, but we have the same like aesthetic and that's where we really are basing it. Nice. For you, Ruby. Yeah. I don't know. I think the big thing was just being exposed to a lot of different kinds of music from being in music school has been huge just for me personally to spend a bunch of years you know, going down all these different rabbit holes of different kinds of music. Yeah. Um, and did you go to school in Baltimore? Yeah, both of us went to Peabody. Okay. Um, before that, I actually went to Boston University here. Cool. Not in Cambridge, obviously in Boston, but um, and then to the San Francisco Conservatory. So I've kind of been uh-huh. choop, choop, choop. Um, nice. All right. So that was our first half of our interview. Uh, with Nudie Suits, and I'm going to play a song off their debut cassette out on East Records. That's E-H-S-E, records.com, if you want to check it out. This is Mom Song, the first song on their cassette. Peace Coast.
And how does um, Baltimore, like, as a music scene, art scene, like, allow you to play or, or test things out or uh, whatever? I don't know. I love Baltimore so much. I think it's the most fantastic and supportive place. I'm sure everyone feels that about their hometown, but... That's not, no, uh, we, I don't personally. We really have such great friends. Um, Connor and all the way I'm city folk have been really, really awesome to us. Um, April, April Camlin from Womb, Dan Deacon have like mm-hmm. all been really supportive of us. They played our record release. I think like just any sort of town that exists after the death of capitalism is really great because yeah. there's so many warehouses there that right. are just abandoned and it like become art spaces and are really, really beautiful supportive spaces and everybody has a band and everybody wants to hear your band and not only that, like they show up and they love your band and that's like, it's really great to live in Baltimore. Do it. Move All there. Right. <laughs> yeah, we had... Also worth mentioning quickly is that Baltimore's really a hotbed of super weirdo, experimental... We have this um, High Zero Festival every fall uh-huh. where people come, and the Transponder Festival, but High Zero, people come from all over the world, and, and there's half Baltimore musicians and half people from Amsterdam and Paris and Africa and everywhere um, coming there to play. You guys got to play that this year? No, but the guy who released our record, this guy on East Records, he, Stu, is a big part of the High Zero Uh Collective. But that's a really um, opening, uh, welcoming, and just kind of cool and super weird community that is a part of what I think makes the Baltimore music scene really special, especially for the kind of stuff we're doing because we're kind of in between some different worlds and yeah i've seen uh in boston at a house um bethany dinsick oh yeah i know bethany yeah Uh bethany dinsick and then ed schrader's music beat played here oh i love ed schrader yeah Yeah. it really killed it a couple months ago and um can't stop eating sugar (laughs) (laughs) speaking of sugar so domino that was a baltimore like capitalistic endeavor yeah. uh, that does anybody like live in the domino sugar factory uh, do they I or like know. Third I shows? Was that so laura lemon book where part of it took place there but i don't i don't know oh, i just thought it was uh, we never really mentured that far south maybe they still make i mean they still make they domino could. sugar maybe they still they're still going yeah, illuminated guess, sign yeah. that's for sure okay so yeah okay they're still in business anyway let's cross our fingers and Get rid of refined sugar in your diet, everyone out there. You know, it's not doing not doing any good for you, man. Um, woman, in-betweeners, everybody. Anyway, I'm preaching now. But speaking of preaching, you said you sing in a choir in Baltimore. I do. Uh, it's something that... I think I get a lot of my musical inspiration from is early Renaissance polyphony. Uh, it's one of my greatest loves and first loves of music. Um, I went when I went to Peabody. I was in Renaissance ensemble and did all of these things to just really learn about music uh, pre fifteen hundred. Uh, so uh, that's. That's my other job, is to just sing at a Latin Mass in Baltimore, which is at a Mount Calvary Church. Wow. It's a, not that, I, I'm not religious, not that there's anything well, wrong with that. Uh, I think whatever your way is beautiful. Uh, but they're really supportive and have an amazing music program there. 
Nice. Yeah. And Ruby, what what is what's your uh, other musical gig? You know, if you wanna. Touch sure. On that. Well, I'm a teacher, but I've uh, recently quit. I'm an ad. I'm like a have been a super adjunct uh-huh. on at times as many as five different campuses in one semester. Wow. So I just quit and I'm freelancing now. So I play wedding gigs and nice. um, recording sessions, and I'm also a composer, so I get um, some sometimes some commissions. Awesome. Yeah. So, oh yeah, and I have an opera group, which is where we met. Oh, which is sweet. where me and Ali first met. Yeah. Sweet, nice. So, um, you are a session musician, and sometimes you record. I mean, how? What's your like studio process like, either as a session musician or with this project? Uh, the process. I don't know. Uh, or like, do you guys like go to a studio with an engineer? Do you guys record yourselves at home? We no, we were we recorded with our friend Ben Frock, who um, has a studio. Nice. In, yeah, and what's that neighborhood even called? Uh, it's called it's Better Waverly. Better Waverly, where I live. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I also have a friend who has a studio um, that I, I just record for him for his any clients. And I went up to the Dreamland Studios. It was my most fun gig recently and played on the Future Islands album. Oh, wow. Uh, and then it became this giant thing. So Nice. Yeah, I, I'm just like learning about that. I guess their front man. Um, Sam. Just, just, yeah, Sam. He just did a hip-hop album with Mad Lib, which is pretty cool. Hemlock yeah. Ernst, right? That's Yeah, like Hemlock Ernst, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard him on a podcast, actually, as a matter of fact. Open Mike Eagles podcast is pretty cool. I guess they're doing some music, too. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, He's a that's really cool. an awesome guy. He's the best. He's the best person. Hi, Sam. What <laughs> up, Sam? I don't know you. But um, I want to check out Future Islands for sure. They're, so they're, like, on the eastern seaboard, North Carolina, right? Yeah, they're well, from they're Baltimore. Man. They're from there, but they're They've based been based, based in Baltimore, Baltimore for a yeah, while. Yeah, okay. they've been based in Baltimore. Actually, funnily enough, the Wham City Lecture Series is the thing that brought them to Baltimore. They came to a lecture from a, and then were very inspired. So says the legend. Now, I've really, like, admired Baltimore from afar. One time I got to hang out with uh, Omar from The Wire, the actor Michael K. Williams, because mm-hmm. uh, my friend was an uh, extra on The Wire, and... Um, that's as, as close, I guess. Maybe I've been to the bus station in Baltimore briefly. But um, can you guys give us the Nudie Suits guide to new artists moving to, or artists moving to Baltimore as their new city? Um, first of all, where are they going to get their morning coffee? Where are they going to get their morning coffee? In Baltimore, coffee? the artist... The, the the struggling artists, I'm saying they don't have, like, they're not successful yet, you know, so they might not be able to go to the hippest, artsiest cafe. I think... Uh, There's always 7-Eleven. There's 7-Eleven. That's a good good one. But uh, a great um, great cafe, the best coffee, I think, and the best food is Karma's Cafe on 32nd in St. Paul. You if heard you, it here first. Yeah. <laughs> Which is where I go and sit and have their Icelandic yogurt. It's they make it fresh and it's delicious and uh, I think it's called Skyr. Yeah, yes, that's Skier. right. Skier. Skier. Yeah. And uh Joe from Wild Honey, another Baltimore band works there and he'll hook you up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now they want to go to a show, but they don't want to go to some venue with like big bodyguards. Where are they going to go? 
Well, uh, big bodyguards don't really happen in Baltimore where we hang out, but the Crown is a great, great venue that uh, we've hung out at, and they've been really supportive of us. If you want to go to a warehouse where Ruby lives, the H&H building is filled with many, many floors of music making. Um, nice. 5D, right? Yeah. Um, the copycat building. Yeah. The, the Soft House is a really beautiful place that uh, our other band used to practice in. Um, Sweet. What's the best uh, vintage or thrift store or, uh, you know, is, is it like St. Anything or uh, savers? Yeah. Any good goodwills around? Yeah. There? Uh, well, there is. It's Du Bois Textiles. It's um, in what the heck is that neighborhood called? It's in Southwest Baltimore, Sewebo. It's a little hard to get to. You're gonna have to get a car, but okay. they have the most. So so. You have to get, I know you're really poor and an artist, but you have to get in somebody's car and get to Du Bois Textiles and get all of the beautiful, beautiful fabrics they have there and then go into the back where they have dollar bins of the best clothes. So that's, that's, my, that's my recommendation. <laughs> and how about like transportation? How do you get around Baltimore? You know, what's the best way to get around? Bicycle, walk, shuttle, car. Yeah. Larry Hogan just canceled. <laughs> yeah, Larry Hogan just canceled a really, really great um, second line of our light rail, uh, so, and that was a bummer. So we're still actually talking. There's a lot of conversation about that actually right now. All right, all right. And um, how about like getting involved in the conversation, local politics? Like, what's going on in the? Uh you know, what's the landscape? I know there's some riots. Yeah, I wanted to speak to that when you first asked the question about someone moving there to get started. Right. It is a really interesting time for our city right now. Um, people are trying to figure out how to how to do better, you know? How can we all get along and support each other and make sure that we're kind of um, inclusive and, and all of this, you know? It's a that's something that's really a bummer about Baltimore and the art scene also is quite segregated mm -hmm. and it's hard to know. I mean, I think it's hard to know what to do. It's a little bit uncomfortable to talk about it um, or right. to think about it, but really, really, really important. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think that that's, that's something that is in the conversation all the time. Um, whether that's like booking more diverse act, I think this is true of every city, particularly Baltimore that just had an re like a, great reaction to all of um the struggle that are in our community um and i mean it's a tough thing to do because you still we are working on it all the time and there's still a complaint it, uh, like i mean by on all sides that like we're not doing it good enough mm -hmm. so like always keeping that in mind when booking a show when you know, trying to be, I don't know, to bridge that gap. And there is a gap, mm -hmm. and that sucks. Um. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I'm glad we've bridged the gap between uh, our two cities and can stay connected. Um, the next episode of this podcast features Woody, um, who I believe is playing Baltimore soon, and she's an electronic musician that uses a lot of hardware. Um, she's based in Austin, has a show house, the uh, uh, Smoky Bear Cave. And so hopefully you guys can 
check her out, Woody with two zeros, and um, Mary Ocher will be on that episode from Berlin, and she's very... She just played in Baltimore. Oh, okay. I, I missed it, but she yeah. was at um, Amanda Glasser's place. Oh, cool. L- Loner's Club. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Nice. So, yeah, like, I forget what I was getting at, but... um. But yeah, you will be in the canon of these uh, podcasts. And oh, I, what I was gonna say is that like that episode just happened to be an all-female episode, and Woody was part of this um, disc woman Boston thing that uh, a couple friends of mine who are uh, female producer DJs from Boston linked up with the this collective from Brooklyn called Disc Woman NYC. And it was really amazing. We had a panel discussion at the Democracy Center where I have my vinyl library. And then we had a, there was like a club night and all night house party with like amazing producers. So um, I want to give you guys the opportunity, if you feel like it's something to talk about, it, like of like talking about being in a female group or if you've made any alliances with other female groups or gotten on any like all female shows or like just like you know whatever like from that perspective like being in the music scene you guys like want to speak on really should you take this well, or i can go first it's the broadest question one of the one of the first shows we ever played was an all female bill remember at yeah. club k yeah. which is now defunct because uh valerie um i don't know how to say her last name Chell- experimental cellist was uh coming to town from New York and she always is nice to me and helps me with shows up there. Right. <clears throat> Rusted Root Collective or something? Yeah. No, no, uh, anyway, uh, she came through and we just thought it would be fun to do an all, all female bill. So that was like a, actually a big part of Nudie Suits. Beginnings. Yeah, the beginnings. Yeah. So what's the, uh, uh, what do you call the story of someone? The origin story or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, and I think that that is just, um, it's so funny. While we are an all-female group, uh, I just make music with Ruby because Ruby's good at making music. Right. So I don't even think about that. I, I don't think of it, it like, this is no no offense to you. This is an honest question right. that, that we get a lot. But I think it's it's... I make music with the person that I think is the best person to make music with, and I think the best person to make music with is Ruby, and we just both happen to be females. Totally, totally. <laughs> um, I, I think that, yeah, I, but I really do, um, you know, now that I accept that, uh, I, it's great when other women come up to us and are really stoked on us for representing whatever it is to be female or female-identifying, at least it... Um, it, it it's an awesome thing, and I think that that's another thing that needs to be addressed because uh, one thing about being on tour, I think that Baltimore is a particularly female-friendly uh, zone, or maybe we just know more men out on the road, but we've I don't think we've really played with any f- females at all since going out. That's no. interesting. Oh yeah, we did have some some women in on that in the last band. Um, also the, fir- the solo act. Oh yes, Mother yeah we yeah we had more Mother Goddess who is an awesome poetess. Um, but yeah, so that's my take on that. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, this show was uh, organized by Sarah Samways, uh, who is part of the Boston Hassle Collective. I just learned. Um, 
But my previous experience with Boston Hassle has been like very like male driven, and I mean, you know, here and there, there's like a female helping out at a show. I mean, this is just from my experience working here at the gallery for mm -hmm. a couple months. Um, but yeah, I think it's really cool. Like, I mean, my like philosophy sort of, you know, I go by Mars, Jupiter. You live at the fifth dimension. The fifth dimension of a song called Aquarius, and well, that was Galt McDermott before that. But yeah, like. It's, um, you know, that we are moving into the age of Aquarius and one of the prophecies of that is like a rise in femininity or female power. Um, and so, you know, it's beautiful that also like I think we're also moving past language in some ways within music where people want to hear more instrumental music and, you know, so much information and whatever articles on your newsfeed you can read. So it's like, oh, give me a little headspace when I'm listening to music and maybe I can just kind of form my own thoughts yeah. in, instead of trying to listen to someone else's lyrics. And I imagine that's going to make it easier for people to relate because sometimes the lyrics place you so firmly in either a male or a female perspective yeah where totally. it's like instrumental music can just you know transcend and uh a, you know like uh yeah. you know wendy carlos or something yeah <laughs> our bandmates are uh we may have to, to yeah our roadmates are uh, yeah we're not, they're not on our band, <laughs> but they. We're gonna have to wrap this yeah, up soon. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to. Last I thought. Swear. Rise, pro matrifocal society forever. That's what I think. <laughs> All right. That's my um, last. That's my closing thought. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, nudie suits, and for playing these instruments and. Thank you out. so much. Yeah, it's and so for fun. the cassette. Thank we'll, you, Mars. We'll play something from the cassette on the podcast. Please do. Woo. Woo. Sweet. Peace Coast. All right. So, yeah, that was fun learning about Baltimore from the artist's perspective. Um, definitely an interesting city. And just sitting down with Nudie Suits was really cool. It was a show organized by Sarah Samways at Out of the Blue Art Gallery. And more. And Out of the Blue, too, I should say, is now at 541 Massachusetts Avenue. Come by. There's shows almost every night. We've got Poetry Night on Monday, Storytelling on Tuesday from 7 to 9, African Drumming Class. Um, but yeah, this night we had a really interesting show. And Nudie Suits played some of their songs. Here's another one from them, from their debut EP called Summer Fun, which, by the way, was, I think, number eight or nine on the city paper of Baltimore's top 10 records, top 10 Baltimore records of 2015. And this song's called Piss Brain SOB. So check it out. Peace Coast.
suits um like i said before it was a concert organized by sarah samways and we also had the creepers uh we had a band called easter that came down um boston guys but they all go to school up in canada i guess and um we had alec k red fern who also has a project called mystery red inferno and alec was also interviewed but i wanted to keep this episode short so stay tuned for part two of uh, this episode with Alec K. Redfern from Providence, Rhode Island. And uh, yeah, that was Nudie Suits again on the Peace Coast podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Episode 7's on the way. Peace Coast. <laughs>